This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of the Citizen Capital Studios one last day in Citizen Capital Studio here in Washington, D.C. We got a new name for the studio starting tomorrow. It's going to be a good one, folks. I think you are going to like it. It's going to be a good name. Congratulations to us for not getting suspended after we both said we were Elon Musk yesterday. (laughs) iTunes has not suspended this podcast. Despite uh, all the Twitter has not banned our uh, Twitter account. No, they have not. I guess Elon hasn't put one of his little minions on to watching or listening our show. Although they call into the rant line all the time. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Huge breaking news today. Facebook has sniffed out another influence campaign, removing 32 pages from their from their site. 32 pages were removed. Worth noting, that's out of like 43 million pages. <laughs> I love how we live in this climate now when Facebook removes 32 pages. Every major media outlet splashes across as a headline that uh, Russian influence campaign is once again started targeting the midterms. And yet all the left wants to do is cry McCarthyism. (laughs) The fuck? Jesus Christ. Got some other news. The the insinuation there, though, is great that uh, some of, some of the reporting says it, it's related to abolish ICE, yeah. as if we need Moscow to uh, to to sow these divisions and and get you know to to convince half of Americans to be racist as hell and the other half to have a problem with that. Right. Not only do these stories, and I'm I'm not saying that like the fact that Facebook removing certain pages that might be Russians in disguise isn't newsworthy you can write a story about that it's worth covering this in sort of the cloak and dagger spy games or influence operations between u.s and in russia but the sort of wall-to-wall coverage it receives and the sort of paranoia it creates has a twofold effect in that one it leaves us all scared and it puts pressure on people to think of retaliation or to to think that our uh, our elections are somehow uh, insecure due to foreign influence more so than domestic influence and actors at the state level that are constantly fucking with our elections. But the second effect it has, and we saw that already and uh, how it's been wielded against third-party voters, is it works to diminish movements and organizations like Black Lives Matter was smeared as being, uh, oh, well, the people only cared about this issue because the Russians were promoting it on Facebook. You already, I guarantee you're going to see this narrative come out in a few days when it, when it comes to the Abolish ICE movement as well, as a result of this reporting. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, while that's going on, we had another Trump judiciary appointee uh, confirmed, huh? That's right. Uh, someone named Britt Grant, she was just confirmed to the 11th Circuit in a 52-49 vote in the Senate. Flake was a no. McCain wasn't there, so that means, you guessed it, she was put over the top by Democrats, baby. John Tester, Heidi Heitkamp, and Joe Manchin all voted yes. Had they voted no, 
uh, you do the math. She obviously would not have won 52 to 49. <laughs> she would have lost by that amount. Uh, but yeah, Tester, Heitkamp, and Mansion. Thank you so much. Uh, a prominent liberal progressive NGO, by the way, the uh, the leadership conference. They had urged the Senate to reject Grant. They said she was bad on like pretty much every issue that left of center people should care about it. Like you name it, it's there. Unions, bad. Uh, reproductive health, bad. Uh, immigrants, bad. You know, environmental issues, she's bad. Like bad, 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 all the way down the list. But thanks to uh, Height Camp, Tester, and Mansion. Think of all those Mansion. Trump voters, though, that Height Camp, uh, Tester, and Mansion were able to pull onto their side. <laughs> By supporting this judge that nobody knows about, or nobody gives a shit about, who is going to actually cause a lot of damage. Yep. IRL. Thank, thanks, Democrats. And by the way, uh, uh, some context for, for everyone here is a few days ago, Chuck Schumer was talking about Brett Kavanaugh, the Supreme Court nominee, uh, and he said he didn't want to punish any Democrats who uh, voted with Republicans to confirm Kavanaugh. So we're talking about a lifetime appointment, uh, power equivalent to <laughs> some percentage of the president, if you want to try to quantify it somehow. Basically, the about as powerful as you can get. And uh, what the fuck is the point of the Democratic Party if they're not gonna <laughs> if, if they're not gonna fight tooth and nail for the for this kind of power? Uh, they're the party that bankers can hedge with. <laughs> Invest fully in the Republicans, hedge with the Democrats. That's their purpose. I think that to bring it back a little to Russia, this is this is why some people uh, uh, talk about Russia so much because th they want the status quo ante. They uh, they they don't want to consider all these uh, issues that the left is bringing up: abolish ICE, single payer, whatever. Yeah. And they figure that hey, uh, we can continue to treat Americans like they're hollow whatever a black box that russia can can fucking reprogram their brains uh <laughs> and if we just take care of that then we can debug their brains uh, with these special anti-russia codes the, you know we can learn to code learn to anti-russia code and then everything's <laughs> everything's all good after that so uh bam folks was i just ranting there you were ranting did you know that you can help support our little news co-op here in D.C. by becoming a subscriber on Patreon. Five bucks a month, you get access to a live stream of this very show. You can watch as Sam and I record. You can see that Sam is wearing his uh, Soviet Union soccer jersey. Chaos agent! I'm wearing a, a burgundy track suit. Well, just a track jacket. I'm not wearing the pants. I am wearing pants, but not the track pants. You can also engage with us throughout the show. We got Luke, we got Mark, we got Matthew, we got Ryan on here. Everybody's saying time for some good news. We don't have much good news here, unfortunately. A little bit of good news at the end of the show. A little bit of good news uh, coming up in the last story on the newscast. But in addition to being able to live stream the show, you get bonus content. You also get your own haiku, a poem read by one of the two Sams. And we got a few to read right now. This is for Joshua. What's up with Pluto? Star or planet? Either way, it's next to Uranus. Thank you, Joshua. I suppose I meant to say moon or planet. We all know Pluto is not a star. 
whatever. <laughs> this is for Connor, the last haiku of the day. No selling bad fruit. No selling bad vegetables. Produce must produce. Thank you, Connor. As a former salesman of vegetables and fruit, I agree. Same. I worked at a Whole Foods in the produce section. Look at us now. <laughs> Thanks again to all our new subscribers. It's patreon.com slash district sentinel. It's Tuesday, July 31st, 2018. Here's the news. After a deadline came and went last week for the Trump administration to reunify all families that were separated at the border, hundreds of kids still remain separated from those families. Trump immigration officials were called to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee on the issue on Tuesday. Here's the latest about those separated kids from Commander Jonathan White with the Health and Human Services Department, which is charged with sheltering kids that were removed from their parents. Of the 2,551 children in ORR care at the time of the judge's decision who were determined uh, to have been separated or who we had indications of separation based on our analysis, um, 1,961, excuse me, 1,992 of those as of this date are no longer in ORR care. 559 remain in ORR care. So 559 kids still separated from their families. You got to cut through a lot of the technocratic jargon here. And if you're a fan of that sort of stuff, you're going to love what's coming up here in a second. 559 kids still separated days after a judge had set a deadline for them to be reunified. This might upset you, should upset you, but if you ask ICE, well, you're missing out on all the fun the kids are having. That's right, fun. Here's ICE's Matthew Albans testifying. With regard to the FRCs, I think the best way to um, describe them is to be more like a summer camp. These individuals have access to 24-7 food and water. They have educational opportunities. They have recreational opportunities, both structured as well as unstructured. There's basketball courts, there's exercise classes, there's soccer fields that we put in there. Mm. So they put in a soccer field. It's a summer camp. Summer camp, though, where you can't leave. You're guarded by men with guns, just like uh, the summer camps that I'm used to. Today, a pretty telling moment from the hearing came when Senator Sheldon Whitehouse pressed immigration officials about the whole family separation catastrophe and asked this pretty simple question. What went wrong? What went wrong? As simply as possible, in a nutshell, what went wrong here, Ms. Provost? Sir, we were directed to uh, do 100% <laughs> prosecutions on uh, amenable adults the vast majority of the adults that we prosecuted, in fact, 85, approximately 85% were single adults. Is that a responsive answer to my question? What went wrong? 
sir, it's, it's our responsibility in CBP to make the apprehensions and turn subjects over to I, our partners at ICE and, and or HHS. So as far as you're concerned, nothing went wrong? I'm not saying that, but I don't. You're, my, you're not saying my anything that did go wrong, and the obvious my, solution is that if nothing did go wrong, that our that's responsibility what you're is the border security aspect of it. That's a technocratic garble for hell yeah. We don't. We do all that again in a second. It's really, uh, it's really terrible, and you you're seeing stories of the kids who are reunited with their parents, and a lot of them are really fucking scarred over this. Yeah, you're hearing horror stories of kids being forced to, like, clean toilets and told that, like, if they don't clean these toilets, they'll never see their parents again. Mm. Interesting update from the Special Inspector General of Afghanistan Reconstruction, or SIGAR. The watchdog said today in a quarterly report that there was a slight improvement in the U.S. military's position in Afghanistan. Insurgents relinquished control of three districts, losing ground for the first time since August 2016. The Taliban, however, still controls or influences 56 districts in Afghanistan. And as the report noted, there are new questions about the integrity of the central government in Kabul. According to Sigar, quote, the Afghan attorney general has failed to respond to personal appeals made by several senior U.S. government officials to prosecute stalled high-profile corruption cases to show that no one was above the law. The report also noted that the Afghan interior ministry is failing, quote, to execute lawful warrants issued by the prosecutors despite being legally obliged to do so. The U.S. Justice Department has offered to help the ministry's anti-corruption justice center in processing cases. The body responded with interest, but still has over 100 outstanding warrants, according to both DOJ and SIGAR. The former told the latter that, quote, the problem of powerful and corrupt actors ignoring warrants is so severe as the it has undermined the fundamental legitimacy and authority of Afghanistan's anti-corruption justice center. I'm still waiting on the Department of Justice to cooperate with the whole Kabul Bank uh, investigation. Remember when that shit went down? Yeah. A group of Democratic senators are calling on the Government Accountability Office, the GAO, to investigate law enforcement's use of facial recognition software. Companies are increasingly peddling facial recognition tools. Amazon is hawking its software known as recognition to police departments around the country. Although an ACLU report found that Amazon tool is flawed. It found that recognition repeatedly misidentified members of Congress during a test, incorrectly linking them to mugshots. The reliability, maybe they weren't incorrect. <laughs> the reliability of the product also went down when it was tested on black faces. In their letter to the GAO, senators, again, this might have been the point of the technology, the way cops deploy this shit. In their letter to the GAO, senators Ron Wyden, Cory Booker, Christopher Coons, Ned Markey asked the oversight body to examine, quote, whether commercial entities selling facial recognition adequately audit the use of their technology to ensure that use is not unlawful, inconsistent with terms of service, or otherwise raise privacy, civil rights, and civil liberties concerns. The letter was also signed on by the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, Representative Gerald Nadler. Nothing says reassuring like new Trump administration immigration database. That was the news today in the Federal Register. U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, or USCIS, 
announced it's creating a new consolidated system to manage records. It's called the Immigration Biometric and Background Check System, or IBBC. So not only does it contain very sensitive info that can be accessed by unsavory government agents, it also sounds like the acronym for Irritable Bowel Syndrome. (laughs) According to today's filing, the system will be used to conduct criminal and national security background checks for people who apply for immigration benefits. Notice was posted today in the Federal Register because officials are claiming certain IBBC records are exempt from disclosure. USCIS cited Privacy Act exemptions on the grounds of protecting national security, law enforcement, immigration, and intelligence activities. From today's announcement, quote, This system permits the sharing of information covered by the system between the United States and foreign partners to prevent terrorism, including terrorist travel, prevent serious crime and other threats to national security and public safety, and assist in the administration and enforcement of immigration laws. And one more thing on this, according to a privacy impact assessment posted earlier this year by USCIS and the Department of Homeland Security, this system is designed to be used for, for officials overseeing refugee resettlement. So yeah, can't imagine this being abused or mismanaged by the Trump administration. It's 420, folks. Blaze them if you got them. <laughs> Finally, newscast winding down. <laughs> <laughs> nice addition to that story there. <laughs> I just saw the clock hit 420. It just it hit me. Climate change will get its day in court this week. The U.S. Supreme Court declined to stop a case from moving forward that alleges that the U.S. government's inaction is responsible for global warming. The case was brought by kids, two dozen of them, who claim they are now facing actual harm as a result, increasing risk of diseases like asthma and major hurricanes that threaten the places they live. The government argued that the case should be thrown out since it would put courts in charge of dictating climate policy, but that claim hasn't gained any traction in the courts. This marks the third appeal that the government has lost trying to stop the lawsuit. So it'll now go to trial. Interesting thing is... Since the lawsuit was initiated back in 2015, there's a rather long legal paperwork trail from the Obama Justice Department, which was initially handling the matter. And the Obama Justice Department essentially agreed with the kids, the kid plaintiffs, saying that climate change is happening, it's bad, and it's getting worse because the U.S. hasn't responded fully enough. So when this does go to the trial, the Trump administration is going to have to essentially argue against the government's own position— from a few years ago, and then go above and beyond that and go full climate change denial in court. It's going to be a total shit show. Stay tuned for that. One additional thought. I know we're about to go to the rant line. Yeah. Additional thought about that that story on on Afghanistan from Sigar. Yeah. I I know it's important to talk about foreign corrupt governments especially when they're US partners and we shovel a bunch of money uh toward them but there there's a certain tone in the uh in the report that makes me feel a little uncomfortable a little uh holier than thou kind of stuff from the US and don't get me wrong Afghanistan has a ton of its own problems but just something about the tone so I just wanted to say if you're an Afghan official and you have any information that can bring to justice <laughs> The people who crashed the economy in 2008 and did mortgage fraud and shit, please help us too. Yeah, that's a good point. 
It's a very good point. <laughs> All right. That's the end of the newscast. Before we go, let's check out the old listener. Oh, by the way, we got Luke on the live stream here saying, guys, it's smoking time. So he has taken my advice at 420. <laughs> All right. Let's check the listener rant line. So Disney Sentinel, Sam Brooklyn. Just listen to the episode, and I got to say, uh, you know what, Sam? Air travel is trash. Air travel is probably the worst experience. Uh, it sort of completes, like, the human desire to fly, but then has everything awful, uh, including lions and uh, small drink glasses and uh, high-pressure cabin and uh, sort of fascist policies. Anyway, so I uh, just want to, you know, shout out and say um, the uh, – the preferred method of travel for the left, uh, train travel, is superior. Uh, if you if you want to get to Chicago, you could take a three-hour flight or a 19-hour train ride. Uh, 19 hours is a long time to spend. Uh, you could possibly be doing, uh, you know, constructive things like reading uh, extremely complicated uh, uh, leftist reading material that will put you to sleep for most of the trip. Uh, also, if you get the secret card, you can get like three meals and it's delicious food, and you get to talk to your neighbors and you can be social. Uh, unlike a flight where you just want to murder everybody, like that scene in Akira, where you know your body just gets really big and you become like this weapon and light shoots everywhere. And uh, yeah, so trains better than airplanes. Um, cars suck. Uh, walking is still on it. All right, guys. Hey Sam, you're preaching to the choir here. You're talking to a couple train boys. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, the uh, the train, I was just crying. Uh, well, not crying. I was almost crying because I was getting really upset. I was talking to internate about how it sucks that I am already over 30 years old. The United States still does not have great train service, and it probably won't in my lifetime. So I I will never see the good trains. Prove me wrong. Please, travel. please maybe... Maybe in 15 years we might have some good trains in here in this country. On a uh, related note... Why can't I take the train to the beach? You know, we should be able to take the train to the beach. Yeah, 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 whatever. You I wouldn't take the train to the beach. Well, but. you can in New York City. You can, you can take the train to Rockaways. That's pretty cool. I will say on a related note... That's a subway. That's not an, any... Sorry, go on. When I used to complain about flying and talk about all, all the awful things about flying... Every now and then someone would bring up that stupid Louis C.K. bit about how amazing flying is, but people bitch about not getting internet and da 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 Now people can't do that because Louis C.K. is a disgraced piece of shit, so you, nobody brings that up in my face anymore when I complain about flying. So that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, on that note, folks, we are going to end the show. Call the rant line, 202 684 Eight. Sponsors include the Congressional Dish podcast hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Other sponsors, levelnews.org and Citizen Capital. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Tune in by searching for District Sentinel Radio. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Tell your friends to listen. Subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel. Three bucks a month, you get the, you get the zine which comes out later this week. Five bucks a month, you get the zine and the live stream and bonus content, all sorts of good stuff, and the good feeling of helping the little news co-op here in Washington, D.C. The newscast is back tomorrow. We're in D.C., so you don't have to be.